This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Hey everyone, and thank you so much for joining me tonight. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellata. I am a matchmaker, I am a dating coach, and I am the founder of singleinthecity.ca. And today's show is going to be super duper cool and so interesting. How do you go about finding a sugar daddy? (laughs) Asking what you want and getting it. And I'm sure many of you are curious about this one. And my guest has all the answers. This week, I'm joined by Trillian, the host of the Pretty Banana podcast and a real estate investor who encourages women to focus on self-care and self-love to attract the right mate using the principles that she learned in the sugar daddy industry. And tonight, we'll be learning more about how the industry works, what you can learn from sugar babies, and the importance of setting boundaries. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is going to be a great show. I am so excited to have you, Trillian. How's it going? Oh my goodness, I love that. (laughs) Bro, already I feel empowered. I wish I had some kind of cape. I'm feeling great. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so let's start off with one that I'm dying to know the answer Mm -hmm. to. Why did you become a sugar baby? I mean, of all the occupations in the world, why a sugar baby? So I think that it it was an accident. I just was kind of tired of some traditional concepts in dating. Um, I wasn't getting anything that I wanted, really. I didn't see myself moving forward with someone my age, and it kind of fell into my lap. Um, Arguably, my son's father was my first sugar daddy. He gave me an allowance. He was about seven years older than me, so not like the stereotypical old white man that people think, like a Hugh Hefner type. But I met him in Atlanta and I just was very intentional and honest about what I needed. And he was the provider type. So I had an allowance. He would fly me out when he wanted to see me when I moved back to New York. And I was just tired of like dusty men. I I didn't even want them to come near me. Just thinking about it's kind of like making my nose feel allergies. Like (laughs) I just wanted something different. Now, did sense of control come with this? Like, did you feel controlled by him because he was giving you an allowance? Because I feel like that's what comes with the territory. If you're taking money, then you are okay with being controlled at some point. So honestly, it can if you don't have boundaries and you've never experienced something for the first time or even heard about it. I think at the very least, if you do hear about certain abuses or control, and you're going through it, you can kind of be like, huh, this sounds like what I heard about when when Laura and Trillian were speaking, you know, at least let's talk about it. So with him, yeah, he was very financially abusive. I was uh, 24, 25. And I had never heard of financial abuse. I heard of physical abuse. And you know, he never hit me. I heard of verbal abuse. He was like, all the arguments we had, I started, but I noticed because he was in control of the money, he was controlling me with money. And it was a gradual thing. It was a gradual, it took a few years. And when I left him, I learned how to provide for myself. So when I stood in the sugar industry, it was more so just to have someone add to my lifestyle. And the, the and, and that's how I learned my boundaries from going through that. I left everything I had behind. We're talking shoes, bags, 
tops I never wore. I mean, wigs. I, I mean, I was just like, oh, I'm leaving all my stuff behind. And all I had was this baby. So it's like, oh my God, I can't. I had this big house, gated community yard. I left it all behind because of that abuse. So I hope that, you know, no woman goes into this and finds an abusive, I would say sponsor or mentor. Um, because it's the worst. You're going into the sugar industry to have some, some elevated form of life. You know, like if you're starting a business, even I think even if you're climbing the corporate ladder, who doesn't want someone that's going to add to you? Most people don't want to be alone. So it's like, okay, just change up the caliber of person you're dating. Mm -hmm. Now, why do you think the industry is looked down on by some people? Because there is a negative stigma attached to sugaring. Yeah. And so why do you think that we look down on it so much? I think that is projecting. I think that if I don't know you at all, why do I have such a strong opinion about your lifestyle choice? It has to be something with me. It has to be, maybe I'm jealous. Maybe I don't think I could have that for whatever reason. I think anyone for 18 and up can, can do this. Um, even be a sugar daddy. I, I think the ages are subjective. So I think it's more misunderstood. I think in any industry as well, even if you work at McDonald's, there's going to be somebody shady you work with at your job. And I'm sure in the industry you're in, you've met a lot of shady people, people who don't keep their word, people who might be a little scammy, manipulative. There's someone like that in every line of work. And not that being a sugar baby is work, but it, it is an industry with a goal to excel in, in your life financially. So arguably it's a career choice, but there are a lot of bad apples and a lot of creepy people. <laughs> so I uh, think, yeah. So I think those people are the ones who put that stigma on it and make it just so cut and dry. Here's some money. Give me your body. I see you when I see you. And if that's what you want to do, you do it. That is never something that I'm going to do because I'm not going to be fake. If I don't like you, if I don't like what you stand for, like I don't drink Coca-Cola, for example, I would never be endorsed by them no matter how much they paid me. I'm just, I don't, I don't drink Coke. I, I don't let my son drink it. So, you know, things like that. Like I'm not going to put myself with the negative stereotypes of it. So if y'all want to believe what you believe, continue to do that. But I think question yourself when you're having um, reservations about an industry you never heard of. I could say anything right now about being a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I never went to, I dropped out of college actually. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think they just don't understand. So you said it's not really a lot of work, but for myself, that would be work because I don't know if I could possibly like somebody enough uh, just because they were paying for things, you know? So they, a sexual experience with this person would be a lot of work for me. Like I would be like dreading it every time, like oh, rolling my eyes. Uh, I feel like sugar daddy opportunities, they don't come up too often unless you're looking for it. No, if you're looking for me, it's about having love still. I still want love and I want that genuine. Okay. I like that. I want a genuine connection because I, I personally find a lot of men to be annoying and they, <laughs> they're, they're very needy and they need a lot of attention. So you have to have something if you're going to want all this attention. Cause my, I don't know, I'm not going to say a, a curse, but my thing, my cat cannot get wet if I'm not getting anything. 
Like, I'm I just, what are you providing for me? Like, so uh, uh, excitement, like, where's the excitement in this relationship? So it's not about, you know, dreading a scenario. If you can't break bread with somebody, they just shouldn't be near you. Arguably, you can meet somebody who and who's courting you because typically men court women. Sometimes in this industry, you know what I've learned? We, we let the man know that we're interested. Oh, you have a great smile, nice shirt something simple, you're by the bar, you know, and oh, men are used to getting compliments, then that strikes up something. So if he's the provider type, he's going to want to put money in your hands. Sometimes he's going to call you. Are you good? Are you okay? Arguably, that would be your sugar daddy. It's more so these days a play on words. Um, Any man who's paying all the bills in the household and putting money aside to go on trips and make sure that his woman or man, you know, because this gay and lesbian, whatever, more masculine person, I would say that you're a sugar baby. Anybody can be a sugar baby at any age. I love that. You were telling me a story offline about your mama being a sugar baby. She's 57. And 57. her man, 57, right? And her man is 63, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, she, she yeah met him. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Oh my God. And you know what? She deserves it. She is living like by the water and it's just, (gasps) he doesn't (laughs) like every stereotype you can, this is what I'm saying. Every stereotype you can think of with sugaring is the opposite. Life is what you make it. Mm -hmm. Life is make it. She is 57. She's had no surgery. She met this man on Facebook dating, which I would say Facebook dating, depending on your demographic is a good place to meet sugar daddies, mentors, men who want to pour into you. Okay. And, um, he ends up buying them a house. He has no kids. So who's going to inherit this house? You know, hopefully they both live to hundred when they pass on me. You know what I mean? So it's about building legacy, creating wealth. You know, my mom didn't get with him for the money, but he was already that provider type. And what I love about the industry is the boundaries and is the honesty. It's the honesty. You know why you're here. I know why I'm here. We both want something mutually beneficial. He was a widow. He wanted a companion. And he found this, you know, Dominican woman, somebody different from who, who, whatever he's been with. He's a Polish man. I'm, I'm huge on interracial dating. I think we all should mix. I think sometimes when we're dating the same kind of person from the, our ethnicities, we're just used to it. And we don't really consider it a prize. So we, it's good to branch out. I, I, I love branching out. So they work. They work. They're of different ethnicities. He's in his 60s. He could have found someone my age. But I respect him for being the poster child for that because it brings hope. I love sharing the story that a 60-something-year-old bought my mom a house and she's 57 because the, one of the questions is, am I too old? I'm 34, so you're not too old. I love it. So, hey, there you go. You can be a sugar baby at any age. Well, it's time to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get back to our chat on how sugar babies and sugar daddy relationships work. We'll be back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca. 
Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. We're back on the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host. Getting back to our chat with Trillian. She's a sugar baby. Um, the relationships between sugar babies and sugar daddies. Now, are there any commonalities among sugar daddies? What are the things that you usually see in men who are looking for this kind of companionship? I've been approached before and most of the guys were married and mm-hmm. I was never approached by a single guy. So what is usually like, you know, the prototype of these guys, usually married, single? What do you think? <clears throat> I, I would say some stereotypes are true. And yeah. Yeah. A lot of them are married. Um, they're in these sexless marriages with women who, you know, I, I think men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And, and, and they could be great providers, but not good affection. So they go somewhere else for that affection and that love and that care that their wife isn't getting, um, giving. And they just kind of <laughs> go about it like that. I mean... That's the part where I feel like only God can judge you. You know, if you don't want to date someone who's married, I respect it. Um, That's on you. (laughs) No, I don't care. Like the the morals in that situation. Okay, fine. But um, I feel like most men are cheaters anyway. Like I'm not even going to hold you. Uh, I have met some single ones, but the MO is that they're typically married. I hear a lot about being in a sexless marriage. A lot, a lot of people have been with these women for many years and um, the, the, they just are in a business marriage at this point. There's no really emotions going on. It's kind of like a roommate. They've got kids and I've met several people in my real life who had a, a deadline for their divorce, which was when the kids were off to college. So, you know, some of them are married, but they're like in these sexless marriages with someone they've been with forever. And it's more like of this business marriage. Mm-hmm. So they're that affection. They're looking for that. I, f- I find a lot of uh, marriages are like that, actually. <laughs> they're more like a business transaction. <laughs> and it's so messed up. Like, where is the fun? Where is the spice? You know, I think a lot of couples need therapy people need therapy in general but i think when you're married it's like oh i'm gonna be with you every day (laughs) under the law (laughs) and you could ruin my life with with paper um okay we need therapy we need we need really open communication i think men some men are just not monogamous too and i think that's where they lie to themselves they lie Mm -hmm. to them they could be with one woman, but it's not wired in them. Some of them, some are, but some are just not. We have all these conversations on Clubhouse, don't we, Trillian? I actually met Trillian on Clubhouse as well. I, I meet a lot of my amazing guests on Clubhouse. And if you guys are, are not on it, you need to get on it. And, um, you know, Trillian has a club on there. I have the Single in the City Club. What's your club called on, on Clubhouse? I have a few. I have uh, a What's your main one? I see you in a room there every morning. Oh, woman in business. That's not my club. I just started a sugar baby affirmations club. So Mm -hmm. it's sugar baby affirmation. Who can forget that? No, nobody. So I'm sure that sugaring can go uh, anyway, right? You have good experiences, you have bad experiences, depending on the person that you're seeing. Now, it's important to find out 
who you should meet and who you should avoid at all costs? What are some questions that you can ask that will help you get to know a potential sugar daddy just to find out if he's a good match? Yeah, vetting is so important. I mean, think about it like a job interview. You're being interviewed, they're being interviewed, and you're looking to see if it's a good match. And even traditional relationships, I think, are like that. You want to know if somebody's sending their representative or this is really who they are. So we have our women's intuition. So I would say first, intuition. If it sounds too good to be true, the person doesn't want to video chat, you know, then it's, it's done. You know, if they're saying they're not looking to really give allowance, they want something to kind of go with the flow. Absolutely not. This is why here. Trillian, you said if they don't want to hop on a video call, it's done. But don't you find a lot of older guys, they don't want to hop on video calls. They're still stuck in the old age, you know, like they're not Mm -hmm. really comfortable with it. They don't like Mm -hmm. the way they look on camera and so forth. I, I find that with dating. No, I have not heard that. If I do, I don't remember. I mostly get, I want to see you immediately. Like they want to hop on and I want to hop on to make sure I'm not talking to like a Nigerian scammer. I mean, shout out to Nigerians. I love all my Nigerian friends, but you know, the Nigerian scammer is like the the stereotype of the, the saying. It's not called Puerto Rican scammer, but yeah, I, I need to know who I'm talking to. So if the conversation's going well and, you know, we're kind of getting to the point, I'm like, so have you had an arrangement before? It's very important to ask somebody if they've had an arrangement. That's part of the vetting. Also, never say you've never had one. This is kind of like you setting yourself up to get preyed on and mm. and can smell weakness or or like a pushover type of woman, like like a dog, like a hound dog. They can smell it. And if you say you haven't had an arrangement, that is going to be them like, okay, she doesn't know what this is going to be. So it could be anything I want it to be. And if you're being pursued, it's, in my opinion, never what the person wants. It's what you want. You're the one being pursued. Yes, you reciprocate the energy. You know, you're happy, they're happy. But you are coming to me, you know, you want me. So these are my rules, you know? So, I mean, that's the very basics of, of vetting. Just, just like you would vet a friend, you know, a girlfriend, a a potential boyfriend, a boss, uh, a babysitter for your kids. Think about it like that. Same exact thing. Now, can we expect the sugar daddies to be asking for racy pictures when you first meet them? And is yeah. this something that you would offer up? So is it a-, a typical relationship? If some guy's asking me for racy photos when I first meet them, I'm like, no way, Jose, see you later. I'm out of here. But it may work differently in these types of relationships. Do they? Um, I want to say yes. And I want to say no. And okay. it, it's so tricky because you don't, you're already being forward in the capacity you've met the person. So the last thing you want to do is, is be forward and make it seem like you are like a prostitute <laughs> showing your body like that. That's what they will think. Men open the door for you and they think, oh yeah, uh, I could get a blowjob for holding the door. Like if you're going to be like, oh, thank you so much, sir. 
No, that's not how it works. That talks to me nice. Um, <laughs> so I would, I, I, there's, there's a few ways to go about it. Some women are into showing their body and they are, they like that. So I would ask, you know, are, do you pay for photos? Straight mm. up. Well, I've had photos. people want to pay for my feet. Look at that. So <laughs> now you're up hundred and fifty. I gave him a price and he said, no way. And I thought, what, you're not going to pay a couple hundred bucks to, to see my feet. Yeah. Are <laughs> like international toes. Like this is, <laughs> I have nice feet, man. Exactly. <laughs> And I have I have nice feet too. I have them the same color as my nails. I don't know if you can see, like Barbie. I can see. I can see. Um, but I would ask if you are open to taking pictures. No judgment. I personally wouldn't want to send pictures like that. I would say something like, you know, I don't want to move too fast or too slow. Kind of be like, oh, you know. But my purpose has always been I want to establish a relationship. I've gone a year in uh, in sugar dating without any intimate other than a kiss. Really? Okay. That's what I want to ask you next because Trillian, I don't know any woman, honestly, that hasn't brought up sugaring where they've actually thought about it. They've mm-hmm. been struggling or helping them get through or to buy nice things. And we often fantasize it thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if I just had some guy to buy me things? But then we really start thinking about it. And it's like, oh, but I do I really want to have sex with this person? I, I don't want to have sex with someone that I'm not attracted to. Do these types of relationships usually involve sex? I've heard, like, I've talked to sugar babies before, and they said the same thing as you. It doesn't always involve that. Some guys just want the companionship. Some guys just want the little pecks on the lips. Some guys are too old to get it up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, what do you think? What have your relationships been like other than that one time? Like, is it possible to have a sugar daddy and not have to have sex with them? Yeah, I have never had to have sex with any man to get money. What? I never had to have sex with a man. Sign me up. Where do I sign up for that? And and they all want sex. Don't get me wrong. They all want sex. All men want sex. They want the ones that can't get it up. What do they want? They want sex too. And it's pathetic. Okay. And that's called something else. And we'll save that for another day. But (laughs) I have always been driven by a relationship. I really like monogamy. So I want to be monogamous with my partner. So that's on my end, what I'm approaching the scenario with. And that's how I keep my conscience clear. That's how I'm able to read and, and watch videos of these nasty rumors about sugar babies, you know, and it's how my relationship now works, you know, I'm with a man who is 21 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he would never say that he's my sugar daddy, because men don't like that term. But he is a provider. And, you know, I'm in a monogamous relationship with him. He's not married. Um, so that's good, because <laughs> we live together. That'd be awkward. But um, yeah, I if you want to have sex for money, listen, I'm not against sex work. Sex work is work and men are annoying. So they should be charged for something. They should be charged. 
something, anything. But um, yeah, I I would be intentional about why you're there, and um, they're gonna try whether it's a sugar daddy or not. Men are gonna try, so let mm-hmm. them try. So don't give it out right away. Just like any relationship, make yeah. them work for it. Make them wait. My girlfriend, she's a sugar baby, and she says. <laughs> Uh, she was trying to teach me how to be one once. I was like, oh, forget it. I, I just, <laughs> can you imagine me as a sugar baby? Yeah. Um, you can. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so she said, don't give it up right away. Like as soon as you get, give it up or start calling them, like they have to chase you, then they lose interest. True. And, and that sounds like anything. Yeah. Is it true though? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like anything. I haven't, experience that per se I have either lost interest or it's been a mutual like okay we don't really have the same vision of what we want this to be um but yeah I think that's the same with any any kind of dating we're gonna take a quick break now and after that more on getting into the sugar dating industry Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto with myself, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Joined by my special guest tonight, Trillian. Loving this conversation. I'm chatting now about entering the sugar dating industry. Now, how about payments? How do you get paid? Uh, is it per visit? Is it an allowance? Because you, you were saying allowance. I know my girlfriend gets an allowance. You know, she married her sugar daddy and she still gets her allowance. I thought that was ludicrous. I thought, what? I'm thinking, okay, partnership, you're married now. She goes, no. She goes, if I don't get my $3,500 at the top of every month, I'm pissed. She's like, I'm like, I'm mad. Like he better not talk to me. Um, So she doesn't pay for a thing. Plus she gets this allowance. She's just accumulating all this wealth. He buys her stocks. I think he put a condo in her name. Um, So if anything happens to him, first of all, she's going to get everything. He doesn't have children. She's just set for life. And she was just walking through the mall one day. And the guy came up to her and said, and she says, never go out, you know, looking sloppy. You always have to look expensive. She says to me, look expensive and the right guys will come up to you. They will be attracted to you. And he asked her if she, he could buy her a coat. And then from there, that was it. And then I think eventually she did fall in love with her sugar daddy. Cause she said, he's such an amazing, amazing man, but she, there's one rule and he she has to give him sex whenever he wants that's it that's the rule uh, she doesn't have a choice so if she does not feeling well it doesn't matter whenever i want sex you have to give it to me i thought thought that was a bit of a form of control and i wouldn't stand for it but hey you know different strokes for different folks yeah you know and i love that for her if she's happy 
I love that she's, she's a happy. Trust me. She's happy. She's just always singing and doing her thing. And she doesn't have to worry about anything. Right. And broke men want sex whenever they ask for it too. <laughs> so I'm not mad at him. Right. But we're not inclined. We don't feel when someone's poking you at 3 a.m. If you ain't paying my bills, don't be poking me at 3 a.m. Like every single night. So it's a, <laughs> I I get why he did that. It's a man thing. Okay. Like, is she doing it every time he asks? Probably not. No, he, she says she is. Well, okay. What she says and what's happening might be different, but who, I don't different. I'm not saying she's lying, but I'm saying when we say no, it's no. I'm tired at 3 a.m. today. We did it every day this month. It's the last day of the month. Chill the out. Okay. So that's <laughs> all I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, I love that for her. 3,500 is a really good amount. Um, I would say when it comes to allowance talk, be realistic about what your needs are and what you're trying to accomplish. So if 1500 is going to make a difference for you because you live in Ohio, then that's your, then the 1500 it is, you know, and, and how much can you put of that away? The whole thing, a thousand, you know, what's going on. So allowance talk is something that should be had up front. You know, this is why I said you ask them if they've had um, an arrangement before. And sometimes I feel like they say no because they want to play dumb. But yeah, I think that in a marriage, working should be optional and there should be more of the sugar baby boundaries in marriages, regardless of you talking about a partnership or not. I wouldn't feel comfortable being in a relationship with a man who needed me financially. I understand the building and the partnership and you definitely want to feel like a team player with the person you're with, but I, I, working should be an option, whether I'm climbing the corporate ladder, working in real estate, working as a manager here, whatever I'm doing, if I want to take six months off to a year for my mental health, let's take six months off to a year. Now, what's going to help me is you give me 300 a week, 500 a week, whatever it is. I'm just saying numbers, but that has to be talked about up front. So divvy up all your bills, maybe your debt and see what they say. Meet halfway. I have a friend who gets 10,000 a month. Wow. She's in Vancouver. This sugar baby on clubhouse, she has accumulated so much wealth. She's got properties from like 1 million to $2 million. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's like winning we the lottery. Her. All right. Let's give our listeners some tips on setting up a profile on a sugar daddy and baby site. How do you know, first of all, if the site is reputable? Um, mm -hmm. I, I'm assuming just use the, the popular ones. Okay. We won't even ask that question, but how do you set up a profile? Like, is it something that you're writing in your profile? Like how do let's, what does that look like? Cause I've never done this. So I used to help girls set up their profiles um, and I have an ebook. It's free um, on all of the sites. I'm going to add some more. I can't even think of one. I mean, all of them, but seeking arrangements is now seeking.com. That's a really popular one. Exactly how you would upload a resume is kind of how you want to upload your resume on your dating profile. So you want to put a cute emoji, like I will like a flying, a, a plane emoji or 
I would love to talk over a good penne and wine, you know, like something cute, mm-hmm. like fine dining, travel. So keep fine dining and travel in mind when you're creating your profile. Like, and don't use your real name. My name on there is Sarah. Uh, I'll be like, oh, you know, um, I love fine dining. Let's talk over a good penne and wine. I'm looking for a mutual beneficial connection, you know, so something like that. And I use the sugar, I because I'm in a relationship. I still use the sugar industry to network. It is what it is. I'm here to network. I don't care. I'm not going to sleep with you. You can think I will, but I'm here to network. Me and my brooch. <laughs> I love your brooch, by the way. Okay. How do you know when you're ready to start being a sugar baby? And is it easy to walk away if you decide one day, okay, I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, ugh. Yes and no. Oh, it's just one of those things. Cause what I'm willing to do, probably you're not. And what you're willing to do, I'm not. We're just different. So it's case by case. But I think that if you're if you put yourself in therapy and you focus on your self-healing and you learn how to be alone, it won't be hard to walk away from a situation. You know, I was in that because you know how to set boundaries because you like yourself and you're not going to allow anyone else to overstep those boundaries. We are going to take a quick break. I'll allow you to finish your thought after the break. We're also going to talk about, you know, more things that you need to know if you want to become a sugar baby. city.ca toronto's news today's talk 640 toronto hey guys it's sunday night you're listening to an amazing show tonight we've got a sugar baby in studio here on am 640 toronto you're listening to the dating and relationship show i'm laura Bellotta, and my sugar baby's name is trillian she's amazing she's given us all the ins and outs of being a sugar baby so let's continue our conversation uh, before the break, I had asked you when you know when do you know that you're ready to start being a sugar baby, and I didn't allow you to finish. So go ahead. Oh no, no, no! I I would say when you feel like you're healed. I mean, you can do it today when you're suffering depression, anxiety, and bipolar, and all that, you know. But I think that it would make you um, more more of a radar to somebody who would abuse you. So heal, take accountability Mm -hmm. for yourself, learn how to be alone, pick up a hobby. You know, a lot of people learn how to be alone during the pandemic. I would say I'm one of them. And that makes me dangerous because if you are in my life, it's because I want you in my life. I do not need you around. And and I told that to my partner too, like, just know I'm here because I want to be here. I know how to be alone. So I think that when you learn how to be alone, when you figure out, Hey, Maybe I like I do like cigars or I do like the gun range. I I like these cooking documentaries. I could spend time alone. And not this not the not the alone cat lady vibe. No, you still are open to receiving. But however long that takes for you to be like, I'm good, I would say when you're in that good headspace headspace mentally is when you should go out and seek, you know, your partner for love, for love and resources. 
Mm -hmm. Let's talk about boundaries while sugaring. So Mm -hmm. important. And I know that you have a course coming up where you're going to focus on on boundaries, which you can tell us a little bit about in a moment. But why is it so important to set boundaries? Because you don't want to get walked all over. Mm-hmm. And part of preach, boundaries, preach. Yeah. Preach, girl. Part of preach. Boundaries. I always talk about boundaries. So important. Um, I'm a tough girl, like, and I just want everyone to be as tough as me. And I can tell you're a tough girl, too. And nobody's going to walk all over us because we love ourselves. Go ahead. Absolutely. No. And I definitely know that about you. And I was, I've been following you for like the last year. I think now is when you just noticed me. So my it's working, it's working. I'm putting it (laughs) out there, but um, no. And boundaries doesn't mean that you're like assertive or mean, you know, for anyone watching boundaries just means, listen, you know, I respect you, but just know that I respect me too. And you're not going to be able to have someone treat you how you deserve. If, they can do anything to you. So boundaries could mean anything. It could mean you don't, you don't want them smoking in your house. Something simple. I don't know. Like maybe they smoke cigarettes. You, you cannot smoke in my house versus, oh, come on, baby. Let me just, no, you take that outside or don't do it near me. Brush your teeth, wash yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Um, Boundaries is telling people that you love them and they will respect you for it. I've put boundaries with my own father. Okay. Don't call me 5 million times a day while I'm working. I'll call you when I have a moment. That is a perfect example of a boundary. And trust me, these men will not be afraid to tell you boundaries. They will not be afraid to tell you they can only see you on a Wednesday. They do not call them on this time or this, this, and that. So don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Yeah. Okay. So share with us, please, some of the important things that you need to keep in mind in this industry. Let's start with some of the rules and etiquette when it comes to this. Rules and etiquette. I mean, the rules are, are your own rules. Etiquette, I would say, you know, take some time to actually maybe take a class on some fine dining. You're going to find yourself with somebody who's going to need you in those fine dining environments for meetings, maybe even a a gala. So I think that it's important to to know certain things in regards to that actual etiquette. Um, Always in the beginning, be honest and upfront with what you're looking for. I would suggest not using your real name, just kind of summarizing everything. Don't use your real name off front. You know, the conversation is going well. You finally meet, by the way, you know, my name is this and they'll always understand. Um, But take that time to figure out what you want. Love on yourself. And I don't want to, you know, I respect everyone's religion, but the Bible is pretty lit. And this is part of the Bible, the book of Esther. She was arguably the first sugar baby. Okay, so being a sugar baby is biblical. It's in the Bible. God does not want you to struggle. He wants to see you have nice things. He wants to see you catered, taken care of. And the best way you're going to learn to let someone do that for you is when you learn to do it for yourself. I love all of this um, amazing, amazing conversation. (laughs) And also another way uh, to keep yourself safe too is don't go over to a stranger's house, even if they're offering you money. Oh, yeah. You don't ever want to do that. I'm sure... Some sugar babies probably do that. 
I didn't even think to say that because I thought it was common sense. It's Don't- not common sense for some people. I cannot believe that people still do this. I cannot believe it. And well, that guys actually ask. And or even have someone come to your house. For the most part, a good, respectable man is going to tell you, let's meet in a public place anyway. Um, So, you know, find your favorite restaurant. You know, don't order too much and do too much. You're not necessarily there to eat. You're there to to get to know the person. And um, if the vibe isn't right in person like it was on the phone. Next next. All right, guys, thanks for listening in on this week's episode of the dating and relationship show. I hope that you guys learned a thing or two about the sugar dating industry and how you can use some of the principles from it to to live a life that suits you. And to keep this conversation going with Trillian today. Well, first of all, Trillian, I know that people can find you uh, on Instagram at I love Trillian, but tell us a little bit about the course that you have coming up. So I have this amazing workshop coming up with my business partner, Elizabeth Nancy Jansen. Um, She goes by Jansen Elizabeth Nancy on Instagram. And we are having a true lovers workshop for, you know, people who are single and they just haven't figured out why. And we have a workbook. It's very interactive. We're doing role play conversation starters. We have quizzes so you can learn your attachment style. That's very important um, Mm -hmm. to know style so yeah it's coming up soon and you can find everything in my link in bio i love trillion on everything i love trillion on everything and that's t-r-i-l-l-i-o-n and guys thank you so much for tuning in tonight now i can help you find uh love i can help you find a sugar daddy though (laughs) so visit my website singleinthecity.ca to learn more on how i can help you and thank you so much for tuning in until next week ciao